Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and happy Wednesday, a unbelievably busy news day. Unbelievably busy. Let's just go through it in cascading order. But first, I'll give you the lineup. Lee Zeldin, former congressman from New York, is going to join us. That's going to be a fun conversation. Then last night, Mike Collins, congressman from Georgia, who represents the Athens district where Lake and Riley was killed. He's going to talk to us about how frustrated he is that a state, Georgia, that outlaws sanctuary cities, in fact, has allowed Athens to operate like it was a sanctuary city. That is a big story. And then it is Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's AMAC Wednesday. Bobby Charles, our good friend, the national spokesman for the Association of Mature American Citizens, former congressional oversight investigator, uh, former assistant secretary of state, former appellate court clerk, is going to be with us. And we have all the news of the day that we're going to cover. But let's get to that news in order. The turtle. That's right. Senator Mitch McConnell announced today he's stepping down from Senate leadership after two decades. Began as a whip in 2003, was Senate conference leader, and then Senate majority leader, and then eventually Senate minority leader. He's stepping down at the end of this year. He declined to endorse President Trump today, said he didn't have an announcement on that yet. But I want to just step back for 30 seconds and opine as a journalist Wow, history may look at Mitch McConnell. When Mitch McConnell came to power as whip in 2003, he portrayed himself as both a security hawk and a fiscal hawk. He was against big government spending. But over the last two decades, on his watch as a leader in the Republican Senate, whether in the minority or in the majority, Mitch McConnell presided over more than three quarters of the nation's accumulation of debt in its 248-year history. Just think about that. Mitch McConnell came into office in 2003 as a Senate whip, number two position, eventually became the number one position in the Senate. The national debt stood at about $7 trillion. Today, it's approaching $35 trillion. It's over 34 now. It's surpassed $34 trillion. On Mitch McConnell's watch, on a fiscal hawk's watch, the ability to say no to spending never occurred. And as a result... More than three quarters of the nation's debt accrued over 248 years, accrued on the 20 years in which Mitch McConnell had a leadership role in the United States Senate. That is the first legacy. The second legacy is the single greatest undoing of the U.S. border, the southern border, America's border security, happened in the last three years of his tenure in a Democratic president for which he put up no fight. In fact, his response to it was to try to sell to the American people a immigration reform package that would have codified for the first time in American history, catch and release, and said anything under 5,000 illegal aliens a day entering this country would in fact not be a crisis. That is the security hawk response that Mitch McConnell and his team gave. His own conference repudiated him and abandoned him. But 
history will look back, not at the small things that Mitch McConnell said and did, but on the legacy he left behind. About $27 trillion of debt on his watch, more than three quarters of all the debt, and an undoing of the border security that went unanswered by Senate Republicans. That is his history. Now, the second big story today, also a big story, Hunter Biden in the U.S. House of Representatives giving testimony. His opening line was, I did not involve my father in my businesses. I did not involve my father in my businesses. Now, pause for a second, because you've been listening to this podcast for the last three years. You have been reading Just the News website, the work I've done, the work that the great Stephen Richards has done, the work that the great Seamus Bruner has done under the Just the News banner. These are the facts. Hunter Biden did involve his father, asking him to go on Air Force Two to Beijing and asking his father to meet with his first Chinese business partner back in 2013, the one who created the, while sitting vice president, Hunter Biden created a capital investment fund in China that became Rosemont Bohai Harvest. In 2014 and in 2015, he asked his father to attend two dinners with business prospects at the Cafe Milano Swanky restaurant. One of those meetings involved Burisma, a company that was a dirty name in the U.S. government at that time, considered corrupt. There was a Kazakhstan oligarch. Another was a Russian oligarch, Elena Batarina. In 2016, he asked his father to meet with one of his business associates in Kazakhstan who wanted to influence the decision on who would be the next U.N. Secretary General. Hunter Biden put his father on the phone over and over again on more than two dozen calls, according to Devin Archer. He sold Joe Biden as the brand, according to multiple business partners. In 2017, when he started his second big Chinese venture, his father attended a meeting at the Four Seasons with these Chinese executives, and he exchanged pleasantries. In one of the meetings associated with the Russian oligarch, he made a comment, Joe Biden did, saying, be good to my son, and an admonition by a sitting vice president to take care of his son. Those are just a few of countless clear examples of Joe Biden being involved in Hunter Biden's business, being the brand. Those are in stark contrast to Hunter Biden's testimony. It'd be very interesting to see what Americans come out with today when they're all done. That is the big picture for today. Now, when we come back, Lee Zeldin, former congressman from New York, one of the brightest minds in politics, will referee all that's been going on in the world today. We'll talk about Donald Trump's big win in Michigan. But before we go to Kurt Marshall break, I want to just quickly shout out some good friends of mine. The Alliance Defending Freedom has been working to protect parents and children in this great country from far-left policies that are deemed to be harmful to women and to children. Our guard-given freedoms are facing these unrelenting attacks. We see it, right? People are mocked at church. They try to close down churches during the pandemic. People of faith are called bigots or Christian nationalists. There is a significant battle going on, and it's a battle over truth. Will facts and truth prevail? Will American liberties prevail? Or will a leftist narrative, often devoid of facts, prevail? Well, thankfully, the Alliance Defending Freedom has been defending Americans' rights for 30-plus years and winning. Right now, they're involved in two critical cases before the United States Supreme Court. They're suing the FDA for endangering the health and safety of women and girls. And in the second case, they're assisting the state of Idaho to defend its law, protecting the lives of women and their unborn children. Those are historic cases that will shape the future of our country. And the Alliance Defending Freedom is there arguing for your rights in these cases. Now, they always need help. With your best gift, you courageously can join ADF in fighting critical Supreme Court cases against government lawlessness and help defend our cherished freedoms. Go to joinadf.org slash john. That's joinadf.org slash john to give now. Any a bit of help will make a difference. I believe we can raise $5,000 for ADF by March 31st. Go do that today. Go make it possible. Go to adf.org forward slash John to give right now. Make your best gift. I know with your help, the great folks at Alliance Defending Freedom can beat that goal and help make a generational difference for our freedoms. All right, quick commercial break. When we come back, Lee Zeldin right after these messages. 
Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. All right. With so many amazing things going on, Congress exercising its uh, oversight uh, in a very serious impeachment inquiry. Now, I thought I'd bring in one of the most extraordinary investigators I got to meet in Congress over the years. He's the former Republican candidate for New York governor and current chairman of the America First Policy Institute's uh, Project 24, which is its big um, agenda for the next president. Joining us right now, former Congressman Lee Zeldin. Congressman, good to have you on the show today. Oh, it's great to be with both of you. A uh, little election tonight uh, called the Michigan primary. It's interesting because it's the first battleground to have a primary. What will you be looking for in Joe Biden's numbers and in Donald Trump's numbers tonight? Well, with regards to the Democrats, we'll see what the uncommitted vote looks like. Rashida Tlaib tried to organize uh, as many as she could to vote against Joe Biden, to send a message to Joe Biden. Uh, President Biden's handling of the Israel conflict post-October 7th uh, has been one that has caused him a special amount of heartburn inside of Michigan uh, because he has a good amount of his prior base uh, wanting to see President Biden supporting uh, the Hamas position, calling for a ceasefire, yeah. uh, even though there's no message uh, coming from those activists with regards to the hostages. Uh, it's caused this White House a problem, not just on the, the policy, uh, but as we're seeing here politically. So is that non-committed number uh, going to be a number that's into the double digits? Or is it going to be something that uh, flamed out and comes uh, well south of expectations? For President Trump, uh, the polling has shown him uh, several dozen points up. Uh, I'm expecting to see a very big win from President Trump today. Mm -hmm. It also will be interesting to see how many Michigan voters um, who are not supportive of President Trump are, are deciding not to cast their vote for Nikki Haley uh, either. Because in some states where you have Trump versus Haley, people who do not want to vote for President Trump are voting for Nikki Haley as their only alternative. Uh, but here in Michigan, there is that opportunity to be able to uh, vote without committing to either of them. Uh, and I, I feel like Nikki Haley's vote so far, her vote tally in some of these early states, 
uh, have included people who are trying to cast protest votes to Trump, but don't necessarily uh, care much for Haley. I think that exists in these states like South Carolina, where Democrats can vote, in New Hampshire, where non-Republicans were able to vote. Sure. We'll see what that uncommitted amount looks like in Michigan. Yeah, that's going to be a telltale, no doubt. I think that's absolutely right. And, and it's something that, that Republicans in Michigan should be cautious about because Nikki Haley, those, those votes will dissipate going into the general if they, in fact, were protest votes. I want to stay on the topic of elections, though, because obviously we are all looking forward to November, but there have been a number of special elections that have taken place. One in New York on Long Island to replace George Santos and... Um, it ended up being lost to the Democrat. It was a guy who had a lot of name recognition in that area. But for, for Republicans in the state of New York, was, was there a lesson learned? Because there was plenty of money behind Mozzie Pillip. What were the lessons learned from that or not learned? There was a lot of money uh, behind Mozzie Pillip's campaign. There was even more money behind Tom Swazi's campaign, as you pointed out. Name recognition of being the prior congressman in that area. Uh, he is somebody who is a career politician. He's been through many debates. He's done a lot of public speaking. Uh, he had a number of advantages, including a voter registration advantage as well. Uh, when you are uh, voting in the middle of February for a federal race, the reality is that none of the people you're reaching out to on either side of the aisle have ever voted in a congressional race in the middle of February. Uh, in this particular uh, situation, uh, we saw the, the migrant crisis emerging as a bigger issue. Uh, I think that Swazi was trying uh, as well as he could to deflect attention off of President Biden and try to instead uh, put the blame on Congress. Uh, and you know, listen, I, I think that uh, for, for Mazi Pillup, it was a, a risk in running her. Um, she is a proven vote getter in a Democrat area. Uh, she is a registered Democrat. Uh, she is somebody who has since changed her registration to Republican, but that was after the special election had taken place. And I also think that there's a dynamic with some of the press that's come out that was coming out during the race, uh, questioning uh, whether or not she had even voted for President Trump, uh, how strongly she was going to support President Trump if elected. And if you're running in one of these special elections and you need to turn out supporters uh, of President Trump, it, that message can't get sent to them that you are, are not being supportive of the person who is at the top of your ticket running for president this year. So that's just a brief recap of some of the higher level components. Uh, the reality is I could think of 100 things to help answer the question. Um, but I would say for anyone running in a special election anywhere in America, uh, the get out the vote operation, the organization, um, it, it's all key. In this case, there was a snowstorm to hit. On special election day, yeah. for seven hours, it impacted the get out the vote operation. We saw this in Nevada in 2022, where Republicans were not leaning into ballot harvesting, which was legalized, and early voting. And then it ends up costing us a Senate seat when a snowstorm hits Reno. So a big lesson for Republicans nationwide, where they have legalized early voting, it's important that we get out, especially low propensity voters, make sure that they vote early. Uh, if they legalize ballot harvesting, Republicans need to ballot harvest better than the Democrats to the extent that the Democrats end up regretting legalizing it in the first place. I would say that's one of the uh, the key lessons when that snowstorm ended up hitting yet again here in this special election. Yeah, yeah, you are right over the target on that. That is going to be the key in November is who can muster a good early vote where it's allowed to be done. So so I want to uh, turn to Hunter Biden. It wasn't that long ago when guys like you and I were called conspiracy theorists for suggesting that maybe the Bidens had an influence peddling operation in Ukraine and elsewhere. Now most Americans see it for what it is. What should Republicans be focused on tomorrow to get out of Hunter Biden? He's going to bring all of his tricks and games and charade. Uh, what do you think they can potentially accomplish here tomorrow? Hey, let's not overthink it. The left keeps saying there's no evidence. It's important for Republicans to show up with the receipts. Yeah. They've done the subpoenas. They've gotten the financial records. They have emails, texts, laptop, videos. Uh, they've done some other depositions. Uh, they have Hunter's own statements. There have been Freedom of Information Act uh, requests that have produced information as well. Show up with the receipts. Question Hunter Biden on the, the documents that you can't dispute are, are accurate because here is your WhatsApp message, Hunter. Here is a quote a, from a video uh, of your voice. This came from your laptop. 
Um, when you and you're showing up, this is a bank record of a transaction for one of your companies. Uh, th th we should not overthink it. The narrative of the left going into tomorrow is that there is no evidence. Show up with the receipts and ask some really great questions, making your questions and the time count to be able to get answers for the American people. Yeah, very smart. Yeah. You know, I know they accuse both of you of wearing tinfoil hats, but I think that's still better than wearing blindfolds, which seems to be what they are doing with respect to all of this Biden uh, nonsense. So Sir, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you, you know, there's an interesting dynamic in the Jewish communities of both New York and also places like Los Angeles. And, you know, Hasidic Orthodox Jews typically vote more conservative, but you have a huge cultural Jewish base in New York City and Los Angeles. But a new Siena poll from last week showed that Jews across the board in New York now support President Trump 53% to 44% for Joe Biden. Do you think that that is a result of what happened on October 7th of last year? Or is this something that there's been a groundswell towards for a long time? Yeah, I think that there has been a groundswell for a long time. There's been a lot that's happened over the course of the last few years. Uh, I saw members of the Persian community in northwest Nassau County they're from Iran, upset in 2015, 2016 well, with the Iran nuclear deal. Uh, I've, speak, I've spoken to voters who were upset with attacks of anti-Semitism when a, ra a rabbi in Lower Hudson Valley ends up getting stabbed to death uh, on Hanukkah a few years ago. Uh, we have seen these moments emerge where people uh, have chosen to get more active because of something that might happen in their community or something they're following that, uh, that is a national issue or certainly October 7th is an issue as well. If your kids are going to one of these colleges where there's uh, a blatant anti-Semitism on the campus and advancing the uh, boycott, divestment and sanctions movement, that will get you active. When you see the state education department and, and the governor in New York going after yeshiva education and no one's defending it in a coordinated hit with the New York Times, that'll get your blood going and that will get you maybe active for the first time. So it has been a culmination of so much. The last thing I would say is this, President Trump, when he was in office for four years, he, he got rid of the fatally flawed Iran nuclear deal. He moved the embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. He signed the Taylor Force Act into law, recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights, launched the Abraham Accords, signed an executive order to combat anti-Semitism on college campuses here at home. There are so many other factors we can analyze that would explain why so many Jewish voters are gravitating to President Trump. We cannot forget about everything that President Trump himself did during four years in office. And the record contrast is really clear. So we got about 40 seconds left. Just real quickly, the border, it's uh, impacting us all. We see Lincoln Riley this weekend and go, how can we allow this to happen? What's your best advice to Republicans to start winning this debate? Uh, listen, President Biden proved that he has the power to open the border. That also proves that President Biden has the power to close it. Members of Congress can talk about different solutions regarding legislation and laws for the future. But the fact is that President Biden stopped construction of the border wall. He got rid of Title 42 without a replacement. He ramped up catch and release. He got rid of Remain in Mexico. He attacked our Customs and Border Patrol agents. All the pressure should be on President Biden to use the powers of his office, going after Mayorkas, going after the border czar Kamala Harris. All of them need to step up and actually lead. Congress can have their debates. They'll always have their debates. But President Biden today has the power to close the border. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Mike Collins had a great conversation with Amanda Head last night on the TV show. I want you to hear it. He's the congressman for Georgia that represents the district where Lakin Riley was brutally murdered by an illegal alien. He has a lot to say about Republicans' own failures in enforcing anti-sanctuary city laws in that state. Buckle your seatbelt. Mike Collins doesn't spare any punches. He's up next after these messages. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. 
Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z -Pak. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Welcome back, everybody. There is a reason that immigration is now the number one issue that voters are going to the polls for. And there are a number of members of Congress who are very vocal about this, but one of them who seems to always be spitting the truth from his seat on Capitol Hill is Georgia Congressman Mike Collins. Congressman, thank you so much for being here tonight. Well, thanks for having me. Sir, you know, we see the devastating effects of illegal immigration in practically every sector of American society. And news broke this week in the devastating story of Lake and Riley on campus at the University of Georgia. And this is something that, you know, you, you have an extreme expertise on uh, because of, of being in that state. But, you know, Georgia's not a sanctuary state, but you've spoken on Twitter um, and in interviews about how Athens, Georgia and Clark County effectively acts as a sanctuary city. And this act, this heinous act, was committed by an illegal immigrant. Uh, do the parents on that basis alone have grounds to sue? Well, you know, I think that's a very good question. I know one thing. I would want to know if my child was attending school in a sanctuary city, because I guarantee you there's tens of thousands of young people that are in Athens. And I guarantee you their parents don't know that. You know, and, and I don't care what uh, the mayor is sitting there saying. If you're just because you say we're not a sanctuary city and you're acting like one and you're on the list for sanctuary cities, you're pretty much a sanctuary city. You know, this this not turning these people into ice and, and retaining them for 48 hours would have been all that we needed to, to apprehend and keep this guy behind jail before he did what he did. Absolutely. And, sir, I know you ran a poll on Twitter that you, you know, you wanted exclusively for parents, former and current parents of Georgia students. And you asked them how many of them knew that on campus at the University of Georgia was effectively a sanctuary city. And I think it was 56 percent of them said they had no idea. And I don't think the no University idea. of Georgia is alone. You consider, yeah, you, you, you consider the liberal bastion that is the university campus these days. And honestly, at this point, I wonder if parents are now going to be much more cautious about where they send their kids to school. They should have been cautious all along, but this has got to heighten that, don't you think? Well, I think uh, several things need to happen. It's a great school. It's not the university's fault. But uh, what needs to happen is those, those local officials, they should have already resigned. If they would have had an ounce of honor to them and dignity, they would have already resigned. And we need to fix this on the state level. The ones that we know that are out there operating, they don't need any funds. I don't care what happens. They need to be cut off until they realize that we are not going to put up with sanctuary cities. You know, we've got a lot of things that are going on in the, uh, in the, at the national level, too. We got Mayorkas. We just, we just impeached. And 
if I were him, I wouldn't leave the house without signing the resignation letter. I, I don't see how you get up in the morning and act like you're doing your job when it's as bad as it is. I know. It, it's incredible to see. And something that uh, I saw that was also incredible was Senator Chuck Schumer. Um, and he was giving a press conference. And I heard a piece of what he was saying. And he said something about the devastation and the dire situation on the border. And I thought to myself, wow, maybe there are some Democrats in the Senate and in the House who are actually concerned about what's flooding across our southern border. And then I found out that he was actually talking about the border of Ukraine. Um, I know that H.R. Yeah. 2 is, is a model bill. It would do a lot to fix the border, but it's sitting over in the Senate. They considered this quote-unquote border deal three weeks ago, which really was just a foreign aid package. What can Republicans do before November to actually effectuate some change? We can continue to put light on the fact that we sent a border bill over there, H.R. 2, over 290 days ago. And, you know, McConnell's got some blame on this, too. Why has he not been standing up screaming? You never hear anything out of the Senate when we send things over there. But yet they want to act like they're 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 going to jam us with stuff that's actually that doesn't have anything to do with borders, and so we need to make sure that they take up this impeachment. We need to make sure that they take up this HR two and get this thing passed because Biden HR two has all those those uh, executive orders in there to go ahead and make them law, and and we need to see that passed. Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of Mitch McConnell, he was completely ineffective with respect to Kate's law, with respect to Kate Steinle. If that had passed, we might not have seen uh, this death take place um, on, on Georgia's campus. Sir, I want to switch gears to the job that Speaker Mike Johnson is doing. Um, I know that he had a bit yeah. of a honeymoon period and people were willing to give him some grace. And obviously it was a success for, for the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas. But it seems like he uh, it seems like there are a lot of disgruntled Republicans as far as his job approval. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are that he came on and took the gig, and he was he was behind the eight ball. Now he's probably going to have to make a few shots to get out from behind there. That you know that that's that's the problem now. You know we're going to go in this week and vote on all those appropriation bills. You you don't really you know. Okay, I don't. I'd love it if we do, and we send it over there. But the Senate's not going to take it up. They haven't taken up any approach bills yet. But what we need to do is make sure that we cut the snot out of that 2024 as much as we can. We need to already have a budget out today. We don't. I don't care what the White House budget looks like. I care about what our budget looks like. If we start working on appropriation bills right, getting good grades. That's what I would be doing. I, I love that. Beat the snot out of him. That is a southern phrase if I've ever heard one. Um, I wanted to ask you about a headline from Axios that um, you pointed out is dripping with contempt for everyday Americans. I think sometimes they forget that over half of America is exactly who they are talking about. They said if America were dominated by old white election denying Christians who didn't go to college, Trump would win the general election in a landslide. Is that an effective way for a publication like Axios to win over readers? Yeah, well, it's a liberal rag. We know what it is. Everybody knows this. It's so partisan. Um, but but I will say this, man. I've been with President Trump in Iowa, in New Hampshire, in South Carolina, and and it's time to shut this primary down. The the American people are speaking in droves, and it's time to move on and just start hammering on this general election and Nikki Haley needs to go ahead and back out because the longer she hangs in there you know some of these crazies around the world they think there's hope and 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 that's not good we need we need to rally behind Trump because we know what his policies are we know for 100% what he'll do he'll shut down that border with those thugs drug dealers and tra human traffickers Yeah, sir, I know that um, America's military is something that is near and dear to your heart. Speaking of, of President Trump and his effective policies, and Georgia is home to, I think, 13 military bases. You got Fort Benning, Fort Stewart, Fort Gillum, a number, I think about six, uh, six or seven Army bases. And the Army announced that they yeah. are cutting 24,000 recruits. Speaking of the effectiveness of President Trump and the ineffectiveness of this administration with respect to our military, is America in trouble? Well, I mean, it certainly doesn't help us when our recruiting is down so far. You know, it's, it's just a multitude of problems that we see out there. It, it's not just the fact that that border we're getting invaded over. 
And every time we turn around, there's a different piece of the puzzle as to why these people are just pouring in here, whether it's NGOs, whether it's the cartels controlling both sides of the border. But there are other issues out here that it's just every day, man. We, we look up, and there's something else that you've got to hammer back down. This woke military junk has got to stop. We need people that, that, that are going to go out there, and they're going to teach to fight. Not people that, that are going to power in the corner and wonder what pronoun they want to be called. All right, folks, one more to good one to go right after these messages. Bobby Charles on AMAC Wednesday, right after these messages. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advised fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash Just News. Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. It's Wednesday. It's my favorite time of the week. My chance to get to talk to my good friend, Bobby Charles, one of the most accomplished congressional investigators, court clerks, and of course, assistant secretaries of state I've ever met in my life. And today, he's the national spokesman for my good friends at the Association of Mature American Citizens. Bobby, welcome back to the show. This is always my favorite time of the week to talk. John, I always enjoy these conversations. These are these are great. They are. And I got to tell you, since... 5.30 on Saturday morning when I got the word that Jose Abar was an illegal alien from Venezuela and he's the man who committed that heinous murder of young Lake and Riley in Georgia. I have been really just focused on this. Every so often a crime comes along in our country's history and it not only shocks the conscience, it really is the bellwether of something that is insane or wrong in our country. And it just seems like every aspect of the left's border policy failures were on display in this case. He gets in on parole, even though he's identified as illegal. He gets moved to the interior of the country. He then gets arrested by a sanctuary city in New York who lets him go. And then even after he's been arrested, Joe Biden says, let me give this guy a work permit, which allows him to move to Athens, Georgia, which exists as a sanctuary city, even though the state of Georgia outlawed sanctuary cities back in 2009. Every part of the system failed Lake and Riley, your take, because you, you've been in this system a long time, is this a Willie Horton type case that's going to remind people for a long time what Joe Biden did to this country? Well, I think it is, John, and I, I actually thought of that analogy a few days ago myself. But I will tell you, it's to my view, it's actually worse than, far worse than that. I think that we have these crimes being committed around the country every single day. You know, if you look year by year, and there are more every year, 
there are between eight and 10,000 crimes recorded, and many of those go unreported and unrecorded, that were committed by non-citizens. In fact, two-thirds of all the, cr- the federal criminal uh, arrests are of non-citizens. And, and that, by the way, of course, is the second crime they commit, a criminal act that brings them through our system, uh, apparently in many cases letting them get released. But they, the first one, of course, is crossing the border illegally. Um, but, you know, 64%, I think, of, of the crimes, the federal crimes, are, are of, by non-citizens, and they only represent about 7% of the population, which is already far and bad enough. But you see the disproportionality. So this crime was horrible. It was, it was tragic. It, 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 was, it, it highlights the insanity of this administration's, you know, come in whoever you are and, you know, we'll release you to do what damage you decide you want to do out in the community uh, philosophy and policy. Uh, but you know, it's, it, it's actually worse than that, John. I, I think that, that it could get worse in that once you open the gates and, and, and wave, uh, you know, the world in and there are, you, you, you devalue your citizen by devaluing citizenship, you devalue their public health and safety. You have essentially, you know, been guilty of dereliction of duty. And I'll just remind people that although a, a commander-in-chief and a secretary of defense are civilians, they're not military, so you cannot use dereliction of duty. Uh, and basically, this is a Title 10, uh, Section 8, uh, 892, Article 92 Act. These people willfully violate their duties to the, and in this case, to the great damage of others. So, you know, they would, you know, Biden's behavior here, a thousand, actually eight million times over, amounts to something that he could be court-martialed for if he were in the military. So to my view, it is, it is a disgrace. It's a tragedy. And, and John, we, we need as a country to either believe that, that our laws matter, our constitution matters, and we're going to hold our leaders accountable, or we don't. And if you don't, then go ahead and vote for Biden. But if you do, you better think about voting for people that, that, that want to uphold uh, laws like the sanctity of the border and our own sovereignty. You said something really profound, and it's something I've been thinking a lot about. My good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, is actually doing a course on this right now at Hillsdale, and it's an eight-lecture course, but Western civilization's value of citizenship, which has been the bedrock of really the entire uh, uh, rise of democracy and constitutional republics across this country, across this world, it really is in jeopardy. Citizenship, its value to the core of human existence. It's really being challenged. It's as though devaluing citizenship has been a strategic goal of the left. Am I overstating that? Or is that really part of the goal here? To, to get to a borderless society, you have to destroy citizenship. Well, we, we know that there is there are people out there, there is a movement out there based on trying to push Marxism global governance, uh, really, uh, and I, I really do relate it to the communist frame of reference. It's what the Soviets wanted. It's what the Chinese openly want. They want a borderless society to dominate all, and the idea of individual liberty, the idea of individual liberty goes away. But I will say that these examples you're talking about uh, are very much related to one another, and this administration is essentially promoting lawlessness. I mean, sovereignty and border sanctity are just the other side of the coin when it comes to believing that laws should be enforced. This is a White House that mocks the Supreme Court regularly on student loans, on uh, on pushing abortion back to the state level, on uh, on all of these issues. They decide they they mock it, they they undermine its legitimacy, they mock the United States Congress try, you know, at this very moment, as you know, they're holding encryption keys to files that would probably produce um, uh, exculpatory evidence that would be compelled typically by a court that would potentially uh, help defend the January 6th uh, uh, offenders that are still being detained and uh, potentially also uh, the former president. All of this represents a disrespect for rule of law, a disrespect for constitutional government. And, uh, you know, again, I come back, as we have many times before, to the concept that Edmund Burke put so nicely into words, all it takes for evil to prevail is for good people to do nothing. And if you believe that lawlessness is okay, or better yet, that it's going to somehow serve your purposes, because these people are all going to turn into it, then, then you promote it. And, and I, I think we're at a point now where this election represents, John, not just the border, not just uh, civilization in the sense of a sovereign countries and, and, and being able to defend borders, but it represents a vote either for 
against rule of law. If you believe laws matter, that there's a, that there's a code, that honor and that civilization itself matters, then you'll vote for someone who, who believes the same thing. If you don't, you might as well vote for the folks that seem to be throwing it into the dustbin. There was a powerful moment in the last couple of days where four or five different Republicans I was talking with either on this show or on the television show said, hey, we deserve some of the blame, meaning we, the Republican Party, deserve some of the blame because we don't stand firm. We actually try to portray a 5,000 a day limit on illegal immigration as a win when it's actually a weakening of the border security that we currently have and a legitimization of catch and release. And in Georgia, they specifically singled out we allowed Athens, we the Republican Party, they said, allowed Athens to become a sanctuary city in practice. I mean, it says it's not, but actually when you look at the policies, it matches that. Even though we had a law that said no sanctuary city policies are allowed in Georgia, but we don't enforce it. So we let Lake and Riley down too. The idea that Republicans are somehow complicitous in some of this at the table through inaction, is inaction a commission here when it comes to this border crisis? Yes, of course it is. I mean, uh, an act of omission can be as dangerous and deadly as an act uh, of commission. And what have we done? We, we have allowed a slope to begin. The very notion that you would allow a thing called a sanctuary city and say that lawlessness was sufficient or that you would allow a city or a state to decide that they are not going to cooperate with ICE or with DEA or, or with some other part of the federal government when those parties are trying to get these illegal aliens out of the country. You know, John, we're at a point when people, <laughs> it is a fisher cut bait kind of moment where you either believe that uh, you need to stand up for these things and, and small things become big things, you know, small fires become forest fires, or, or, or you don't believe that. You, you, you think that this is all permissible. Um, you know, it's hard for me to almost know where to go with that other than to say you're, you're really articulating a principle. It's not a policy. It's not an opinion. It's a principle. And that is that, you know, if at first you allow badness to, to take root, it, it will root. I mean, it's Shakespearean. It will root and root and root again, and it will grow. And what, what we're facing right now is half the country doesn't give a damn about the country. They don't seem to appreciate that um, America is not an accident. They don't appreciate that uh, we have millions of Americans that lie in cemeteries around the world and in Arlington who have brought these, these freedoms uh, to you, to your life. Uh, you, you're not walking around with a cell phone just because. You're walking around because somebody else took the risk to invest everything in the eyesight of every single one of your listeners was created by an entrepreneur who took risks. Every single thing. It wasn't created by the government. So at the end of the day, we either defend free markets and defend freedoms in the Bill of Rights or we lose them. There is a fascinating statistic from last night's Michigan primary, and it's one that I think perhaps portends badly for Joe Biden, not for the independent voter, not for the Republican voter, those already seem to be peeling off him, but from within his own far left coalition, 100,000 of the 800,000 voters that voted last night in the Michigan Democratic primary voted non-committed rather than vote for Joe Biden. That's, I think, a, you know, it's a 13, 14% rate. What is going on in the Democratic Party? And is the greatest threat to Joe Biden right now not the independent voter Donald Trump and the Republican coalition that's being built together, but the fact that his own party may be turning on him? Well, I think I think I think that is a real threat to him, but I actually think he'll probably weather it, which is ironic. Um, it, it just shows you how failed the internal integrity of the party is. You have a portion of the party who recognizes that this is a man who is mentally and physically challenged, who is really not up to the job, and who is ideologically really at odds with the John F. Kennedy branch of the party, the Harry Truman branch, even at odds of the FDR branch. I mean, when you can look at someone like Eleanor Roosevelt, who was really far to the left, and, and see that what's happening with the Biden is they're further to the left, then in the end, you're really talking about a, a, a bizarre turn of events. But I will tell you, if you look back in history, the reason I say that on the one hand, he should be worried in terms of the general election, but maybe we'll still get the nomination is that I did a recent look back and there have only been 10 contested, really intensely contested conventions in the history of the country. And without going through them, people showed up without the sufficient number of delegates and it became a cat fight, a dog fight, uh, just tear their eyes out kind of operation. When you show up with the delegates for the, uh, for the nomination, unless that in candidate backs out themselves, 
it's very hard to turn that around. And, and the only other example you've really got is Lyndon Johnson in 1968, who, uh, who backed out at the end of March because he, uh, he barely won New Hampshire and he lost Wisconsin, or he would have lost Wisconsin. And of course, he had really hard-bitten challengers. One was Robert F. Kennedy. Unfortunately, he was killed after the, at the, in the, after the evening of the California primary. And, uh, and the other was Eugene McCarthy, who was a leftist who makes you know, AOC look like a centrist. So, and it was very anti-war era. So who did they nominate? Hubert Humphrey and uh, Ed Muskie, who then get beaten by Richard Nixon and Agnew. And so what do you see in this? It, by the time you get to a certain point in the waterfall, you know, the train up to the waterfall, you know, when you're getting in the current there, it's pretty hard for the Democrats to turn it around. But what you're hearing is they don't like their candidate. Yeah, that, that is the thing. I haven't seen a dynamic like this since maybe... 80 Carter Kennedy, where there just was a large enough protest vote. But when none of the above is trending that well in a battleground state, it's a real problem. And it's going to be interesting to watch how Biden pivots and goes in. Last question, because it's on everyone's televisions right now and the media is saying, oh, look, Hunter Biden says there's no involvement of his father in his business. That claim versus the body evidence that we now have before the American public, are people going to buy the Hunter Biden spin? The mainstream media or the legacy media clearly are. But from what you've seen in the evidence and as one of the great congressional investigators of all time, there's plenty of evidence that Hunter Biden involved his dad, right? Yeah, John, this is a great big foil, okay? This was a look at my left hand while I do with my right everything <laughs> I want. Yep. Okay, this is, you have hundreds of documents coming out of Treasury that show that Hunter Biden took money, redistributed that money from foreign nationals, hid it in various bank accounts. You have, you have the laptop evidence, which is absolutely credible from top to bottom. You have interviews, you have evidence of dozens of meetings between the president and the business partners of this son. You have the corruption that he sort of personifies on a day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, honestly, anybody who, uh, who thinks that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden have not been committing felony acts here uh, over the course of his time as vice president and and perhaps even up to now. I mean, I, I really have no idea what they're going to find. They've already begun to find things that no one imagined. Comer has found them. Uh, Jordan has found them. Loudermilk has found them. And I think at a certain point you say to yourself, look, okay, at what point is the weight in that end of the scale so heavy that I look like a fool if I don't accept that the problem is the Democrats know, John, they either have to defend this bad behavior or they're going to lose Senate seats. They're going to lose, the, you know, what it boils down to is you either have integrity and believe in the country or you want to defend your party. And this is the guy that's the standard bearer for your party, even if he's corrupt. I mean, that's the choice. It is a big question. And it's a question, really, is this the sort of America we want to live in where the Big guy's family, the president of the United States family, or then the vice president's family for most of this activity, is out there shaking the tree, using the name as you have to pay us because we're Bidens, because that's really what the message was in these emails. It's what the message of the partners were. It's what some of the clients have told them. They were selling the family name for profit and the perception that Joe Biden could do something. And then there's one instance where Joe Biden even says, take good care of my son, he tells one of these oligarch connected people. It's just so jaw-dropping. 30 years ago, there'd be outrage in every corner of America. And it seems like 40% of America, the ardent Democrat base, actually thinks this is appropriate. It's shocking to me. You know, John, let me say something that sounds um, perhaps too candid. Um, Joe Biden spent decades in the United States Senate. And while there are some very high integrity members of the United States Senate, this practice, the idea of insinuating that you will take an action for someone and then allow someone else to pull money down as a lobbyist. Uh, and in this case, this is like a maximal, this is like the biggest possible way. You have China, Romania, Ukraine saying, we want the vice president to be in our corner. A lot of it is done with nods and winks and it's, it's corrupt whether he took an action that actually helped them or not, because what he's done is he's allowed his family to profit from the inference that he is going to be taking official actions as a representative of the American people on behalf of this foreign country. And that's the reason that they're paying his son, who's not qualified to do jack. They're paying his son 
to go out there and just be his son. And, and they imagined that they're going to be getting this great benefit. And sometimes they probably did. I mean, who knows what things he did for China, what he, things he did for, for Ukraine or Romania or even countries we haven't, we haven't discovered yet. The very notion, I mean, it's the exact opposite of striving to be purer than the driven snow so that no one can reach a false inference about you. They're doing, they've done the exact reverse. They've pocketed tens of millions of dollars on the inference that this vice president, perhaps also as president, uh, is taking actions that benefit those that pay the money to the son who'd redistribute it, it out between eight and 10 of the family members. It's utter and complete public corruption. I've seen this all over the world. As an assistant secretary for Powell, I won't name the countries, but there are tons of them where their leaders do this. We were always above that, and apparently now we're not anymore. That 40% needs to think hard about whether they believe in the, in the integrity of their country because it reflects backwards to their own integrity. Yeah, it does. It does reflect backward. That is a great way. It is a mirror looking inward at their own party. If he's the standard bearer, it is a label that goes across the party. And of course, we see some members of Congress facing these very issues. They're using their campaign funds to enrich their family. So the Democratic Party has a big culture of corruption issue that I think is going to sit in front of the American people in that November election. It's going to be extraordinary. At 20 seconds here, John, let me just say the Democratic Party is not alone in uh, indulging this notion that when you get power, you can abuse your power. I mean, what was it, Francis Bacon or someone who said that, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. This insider trading business, for example, they get inside information, they trade in big stocks. Yeah, Pelosi and her husband seem to be guilty of that. But frankly, there, there are a dozen or two dozen members that ought to be looked at really hard, and they include Republicans, because when you start profiting on the public trust, you have betrayed the public trust. Yeah, that is so true. That is so well said. Bobby, it's always an honor to have you on. It's, it's such a great partnership that we have between Just the News and AMAC. And folks, if you enjoy what we do, if you enjoy what these conversations about, you can get this 24-7 plus discounts on travel and food and other amazing wares that are daily part of our life. This membership at AMAC will pay for itself three or four times over just in the discounts and then all of the incredible civic engagement, news analysis, political analysis that the great folks at AMAC bring. That could be yours. And this month is very special. I got a couple of days left, but for the rest of this month, if you go to AMAC, AMAC.us slash just news, you can become an AMAC member for five years. I'm a five-year member. So you get the best discount, $35. is the cheapest it's ever been. You can't even buy a cup of coffee a year for what you're going to pay for this. It's such a remarkable deal. Go to amac.us slash justnews right now. If you want to say thank you to Bobby, you want to say thank you to yourself because you're going to benefit from this membership, go to amac.us slash justnews right now. Take advantage. Five years, 35 bucks. The best offer they've ever had on the table for you. Go join them today. Say thank you. They support Just the News. Go support them and also benefit yourself in the process. Bobby, it's a great honor to have you on. Thanks for joining us today. It is always my pleasure, John. And I'll tell you, the last thing I'll say is that no one will regret an AMAC membership. Frankly, anybody you encourage, if you're already a member, to join is going to thank you for doing it. Because in this year, you need truth. And they generate truth every single day. They give you something to then go out and you know work with yourself. They give you the active engagement in the field, whether it's a state level, federal level. And they give you information you're not going to get anywhere else except maybe just the news. Uh, well, I am so grateful. And I've had many people say that to me. Thanks for getting us involved with AMAC. One of them, my wife, because every time we go on travel, we go do something. We whip out the card and I'm like, oh, wow, we just saved more money. It's really a great deal. So even in my family, it has brought some joy. So, And of course, having this conversation every Wednesday is one of my favorite moments. So, Bobby, thank you so much for AMAC Wednesday. Another great analysis. And folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. A big thank you to our three guests today, Lee Zeldin and Mike Collins and Bobby Charles back to back to back here on a really amazing AMAC Wednesday. Remember to go to amac.us slash just news to take advantage of that incredible five-year membership offer, $35 for five years. What a bargain that is. And of course, if you want to give and show your support for Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF, go to adf.org slash John, adf.org slash John, and give any amount. You'll be contributing to the fight for freedom. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Until then, God bless you. God bless this extraordinary country of the United States of America, as he always has. Thank you for listening. 
Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews.